listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week podcast, presented by Original 16. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. Uh, our first sit-down for Broncos This Week since uh, since the unfortunate passing of Coldy Cave. Yeah, um, not much you can really add to it. Um, you know, the, the stories that have been shared on, on social media have been pretty special to see just how many how many people he uh, you know he touched throughout his his hockey career and, and everyone who came in contact with him had nothing but good things to say about him. So uh, it was just uh, a horrible thing to wake up to on on Saturday and um, seeing the outpouring of, of love and support for for Colby and his family has been. Uh, has been pretty moving and um, just feel so awful for for his family and, and everyone who uh, had a close relationship with him yeah and 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 what a guy you know all, all the memories come flooding back uh, my, my first year working with the team and in, in kind of the capacity that I am now was uh, Colby was part of the team then and there, there's one story and I there, there's video of it that's out there but uh, at the time our associate coach Josh Dixon organized this amazing race team activity where everyone was broken into like four groups of six and and one of the tasks that you had to do to advance in this was the the players had to dance in the street in downtown Swiftcurt and i remember like a lot of these guys pe- people think that these junior hockey players you know some of them are branded as arrogant but a lot of these kids are just shy actually and you know some of them they were just kind of shuffling their feet and everything and not doing too much and while Caver wasn't really a, a look at me type guy he kind of sensed that he can be an icebreaker with this and in the middle of downtown swift current he busts out this fusion of ukrainian dance electric circus boy band with some elements of magic mic in there and i mean like people are stopping their cars and just watching this guy dance and little old ladies having coffee at the acropole or looking out the window quite liking what they're seeing there and and like what a kid and i mean he he wasn't he wasn't a flashy kid but he just recognized what he could do to break the ice and and that's you know that, that's certainly a favorite memory of of colby from his time here and well you were even working in north battleford uh, a few years ago and uh, and I imagine you heard lots about Colby when you were there, right? Eh? Yeah, I was the sports reporter at the newspaper when he signed his uh, entry-level contract with Boston actually, so I was able to interview him then and the one thing that kind of stuck out um, from that conversation with him was, you know, he talked about coming home after the season was done and he said, I'm, I'm not expecting a hero's welcome when I get back and, um, you know, the way people talked about him in town, he was, he, he really was a hometown hero, you know, a guy who came from such a small town and a place where, you know, people probably think that there's not a lot of, you know, uh, people who would come out of there and do great things, but uh, he he was one of those guys who, who did great things in his life, not only here in Swift Current and, and in North Battleford, but in Providence, in, in Boston, Bakersfield, Edmonton, uh, everywhere he went, he was, uh, you know, a guy who, who would bright up the room according to everyone who's, who's ever come across him. So, uh, again, just a horrible tragedy that's happened and uh, really can't can't say enough about how much we're, we're thinking about um, his family and his friends. It is the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, and uh, we have some business to take care of this week. Uh, kind of uh, a look back and a look forward with some of our feature guests this week. You sat down with a couple of Bronco prospects, and we're going to have the those chats coming up this yeah, week. Yeah, Matthew Ward and uh, Josh Davies, guys who were drafted in 2019, uh, did some stories on them for the website and threw some some highlights together, but um, we can throw those chats on our, our, our uh, podcast this week and kind of get an update on how their 2019-20 uh, seasons went 
uh, despite being cut a couple of games short. Yeah, and also, and, and this chat happened a few weeks ago. We're very, very excited to have uh, a guy who I think if there was ever a Mount Rushmore made of the Swift Current Broncos, he'd be in the discussion to be on it. Uh, former Captain Glenn Godden is going to join us on Broncos this week. Yeah, I just did some research uh, kind of about that 2012 draft class in which he was taken uh, fifth overall and uh, 313 points in 312 career games uh, with Swift Current. I think it's sixth or seventh all time in, in franchise history. So safe to say that he is one of the greatest Swift Current Broncos of all time and uh, great that he was finally able to, to join our podcast. Now, we're going to take the veil a little bit off of how we produce this podcast as well. The chat that we had with Glenn was a few weeks ago. Glenn, of course, was a, a teammate of Colby Cave and I think Colby helps mold gods into the player that, that he became. So the, the chat with Glenn was recorded before the the unfortunate incident with uh, with Colby so so f- that's why we didn't ask him about him but he still lots of lots of interesting content in that chat with Glenn Godden going back to even before he was drafted by the Swift Current Broncos and leading up to that Bantam draft so a very fascinating chat with the past and the future of the Swift Current Broncos coming up on Broncos this week in just a moment we'll have those conversations with Matt Ward and Josh Davies it's time to go down the pipeline presented by Crescent Point Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. But we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. Phone now with Broncos 2019 first rounder Matthew Ward. Uh, Matt coming off a pretty great year with the West Van Academy Warriors. 64 points this year, making that jump to the midget prep division. Uh, how did you feel you were able to perform this year? Yeah, obviously I'm always looking to be better, but um, I think a lot of the reason I had success this year was uh, my teammates, and they did like a, they helped out a lot. So. Yeah, and I know you were teammates with with uh, Connor Bedard, obviously, but you guys didn't play on a line that much, did you? Aside from like power play stuff. Yeah, I know we weren't on a line. It's just power play, but yeah, he's pretty good. Pretty so good special player. Yeah, and and so the I mean the adjustment for you, I know there was the first game of the season you, you didn't get any points, but then the next ten you had a ten game point streak. So was it uh, a huge adjustment for you, or did you feel you were able to kind of perform right away? No, I felt I felt I was pretty good in the league. Uh, couple ups and downs but overall it's pretty good and I know you, you did the the academy thing last year with uh with Delta but for for making that jump yeah. to a different uh, a different academy was the the balancing of hockey and school kind of the same for you yeah it's it just the same except just a little bit of a different schedule like when the practices were in stock it wasn't too much of a difference well and speaking of the the school and the practices like that uh what's kind of a, a normal a normal day for you at uh, at West Van this past year uh, so we just go to school normally and then leave at 12.50. And then after that, just dry land and hockey. So the uh, the travel schedule for you, I think a lot of the games were kind of like uh, a tournament in one, you know, one rink or one city. So what was the, the kind of travel schedule like for you guys? Yeah, usually it'd be like, you go like Calgary once or twice a year. And then we had a lot of uh, like teams we played around us. So it, was, it wasn't that bad. So you you put up sixty four points in thirty four games, which is kind of funny because that's the same amount of points you had last year with uh, with yeah. Delta. So the forty five assists, uh, pretty obvious that you're you're definitely more of a playmaker type player. Yeah, I think so. What um, I mean, you talked about your teammates. Uh, who who were your line mates all year, and, and what do you think kind of let you guys have that that uh, big sort of chemistry you had? Um, most of the year it was me, uh, Jacob Onkowski, and Brandon Burr. And I think it was just a good mix of like skill, size, and speed. How did you find the adjustment uh, playing against guys who were older than you after playing against uh, you know the same age group last year? Uh, 
it was a little bit different, but it wasn't anything kind of handle really. Now your season overall, I think you guys finished uh, about fourth or fifth uh, in the midget prep standings. Uh, how did you feel about the team performance uh, this year? Uh, I thought uh, we did a we had a pretty decent regular season, but coming in a playoff, I think I think we had a good chance to win it the way we were playing at the end there. So well, and speaking of playoffs, uh, were you guys on the ice when when the thing was canceled? Yeah, we had we went out for warm up, going to play against Edge, and then the buzzer went and coach just said we got to go so did you did you have any idea that was going to happen or would kind of just catch you off guard yeah i know like we heard like a little bit but we weren't sure like that it was going to happen we didn't really believe it till it happened so yeah i mean what was the what was kind of the feeling in the room when uh, when the coaches told you yeah kind of like sad i'm like mad you know they're pretty pissed off so you're near, like Right. Um, so you, you mentioned that you're still in Birmingham right now. Uh, what's kind of your, your plans yeah. for the summer? I know you're kind of limited with what uh, you can do with all this, this stuff going on. Yeah, so my my dad put a little gym in the, the garage right now, so we're just trying to use what we got for now, but obviously there's no ice and stuff right now. So so your uh, your hopes to work on things uh, heading into to next season before making that jump to the Western League, what sorts of things are you hoping to, to work on? Uh, just, you know, get bigger, put on some weight, be able to adjust to the WHL next year. Do you have any sort of expectations, maybe statistics-wise, of what you kind of hope to achieve next year as a, as a rookie in this league? Uh, not really. Just do my best, help the team as much as I can. That's pretty much it. Awesome. Okay, Matt, well, hey, appreciate this, and uh, hope your summer goes yeah. well. Enjoy it. Thank you. All right, thanks, on the phone now with Broncos 2019 third rounder Josh Davies. Uh, Josh, appreciate you doing this. Uh, your 20 goals uh, this past season for your Pacific Coast Hockey Academy midget prep program. Uh, how did you feel making that jump to uh, midget prep? Uh, yeah, season was all right. Um, I mean, at the start, it was kind of shaky uh, going through those couple games. Um, but then once once I started getting more ice time, coach started putting more trust in me. Uh, I think I started finding my confidence from preseason there. And then I just kept rolling until the end there, so. Did you have any sort of expectations heading in? I mean, you finished with you know a point per game. Uh, your team only scored like 101 goals, and you had 20 of them. So, do you think you kind of lived up to your own expectations this past year? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of say so, but uh, not too happy with the year overall. I think I could have done a lot better, but uh, I mean, I'll take what I can get and just keep going forward. Roy, I uh, cut a bunch of your highlights, and uh, you know one thing that's very obvious about your game is just the the shot that you have, and the way you're able to just have so much force behind that kind of snapshot. How did you develop that shot so much? Uh, honestly, I'm not too sure. Um, I think it just came along with uh, how much ice time I was getting, like how many practices I'd go to per week, and uh, yeah, I think I just just keep shooting the puck and just end up being like that, but. Uh, yeah, I say I worked on my shot quite a bit, like right now, trying to trying to get it up to that pro level. But um, yeah, I just try to try to shoot the pop as hard as I can. Hopefully, it goes in. So I uh, I remember we talked to you about this uh, on our podcast earlier this year, but the the decision for you to go to Victoria to play there as opposed to maybe playing closer to home. Uh, what was kind of the the main factors in you deciding to uh, head to Victoria? Oh uh, yeah, um, main factors are probably. Uh, a lot of my family there on my dad's side lives there, so it's kind of an easier decision uh, to make me uh, like to transition easier um, to go live with some family and people I know for the first time for a bit, moving away from home. Um, and yeah, just the 
like the whole like the whole academy just sounded perfect and all that the coach the coach was great and yeah he just he's he just wanted me to go out there and he he promised me some things and yeah it just worked out that way that family was there and all that it's not always easy to make that jump uh, from one level to the next uh, looks like that jump from bantam to midget was you know relatively smooth for you uh, what sorts of things were you really hoping to to focus on and work on uh, over this past year just just getting stronger off ice stronger and bigger off ice for that's that's at the top um just i think just just seeing the ice better and and uh like using my teammates a lot more i was kind of focused on at the start of the year um but then by the end i think it was just them, them my teammates passing me the puck and then yeah i end up scoring so um yeah, I, I think that was the main key for the for the start of the year. Use my teammates more. Much like uh, the Broncos, I know the the team you're on didn't have a ton of you know overall team success. Uh, was it kind of tough to deal with sometimes uh, not getting a lot of wins? Uh, yeah, it was tough at sometimes. Um, I, I have a mentality that I love. I like to win and I like to compete. So it, sometimes it got tough. It was it got tough, pretty tough. So um, yeah, I just had to persevere through that stuff. And uh, just tell the boys, keep it up, um, keep it go, keep her going, and just can't give up, right? So I think, yeah, uh, it got tough sometimes. Yeah. The uh, I want to go back to training camp with the Broncos uh, after the draft. Uh, how did you feel coming into camp? I'm sure you kind of wanted to sort of make an impact and and, and uh, separate yourself from other guys. But uh, what was kind of your your mindset there heading into training camp? Oh uh, yeah, I just wanted to go into training camp showing that I was one of the best and that. Uh, the Broncos made a right decision by uh, drafting me, and uh, I just wanted to go out there and play my game, and hopefully make it through to the preseason, which happened. And then I just brought my game to the next level during preseason. So I just wanted to make a, a huge impact, start off. So that was kind of the main, the main key there. Yeah, and and uh, you mentioned preseason, uh, your first game. I mean, like one minute into your first game, uh, you, you scored. Like how? I mean, it must have felt kind of nice to kind of get that one out of the way early on. Uh, yeah, it was, it was kind, of, kind of a shocker when it happened, but uh, I don't remember too much of it. But yeah, right, right when the puck in went in, it was kind of kind of a surreal moment. But I mean, it's preseason and it's not regular season, so I can't I can't get, let that get to my head, and I just got to keep going. Hopefully for next year. So that's that first game. You know, ended up with three goals, uh, one power play, one shorthanded. Uh, I mean, I know, like you said, it's preseason, and you still got to focus more and more. But to get a hat trick in your first game in a, in a WHL jersey uh, must have been a pretty cool feeling. Walking off the ice after the game. Yeah, it was pretty cool for that to happen first game. But yeah, like I said before, I just can't let that get to my head. How much do you think uh, the preseason helped you get ready for your regular season? I mean, you had a goal in every game you played in all three games, uh, five goals overall. So when you left town here to go to Victoria, do you think you were maybe feeling a bit better than you would have if you, if you didn't produce any offense? Oh, uh, yeah. I think I think the preseason with the Broncos boosted my confidence by a lot. And uh, uh, when I got to Victoria, I just wanted to, to bring that and try and bring that to the, another level. But, I mean, I got the start being suspended from the two games and then kind of like getting kind of being sad out there kind of like dropped it but I mean like I had to persevere through that and just try and find my way back made your uh regular season debut October 18th uh, when the Broncos were in Victoria I think you had known uh, about a week or so ahead of time that you were going to play in that game but maybe in the, the day or two leading up to it uh, how were you how were you feeling getting ready for your first game 
Yeah, I was, I was feeling great. Um, kind of some at some moments, I kind of over was overthinking it and uh, kind of got a bit nervous, got those butterflies. But I mean, like I, I just tried to bring it right when the game day came. Try to think of it as just as another game. I just got to play my game, and hopefully things would work out. Which the coaches in that game kind of put a lot of trust in me. I got a lot, quite a bit of ice time, but I mean, like I just want to just want to make that jump for next year. So gotta keep going well and speaking of making that jump i know the you know the the management staff here is very high on this 04 group of players that they've got so for you i mean how does it feel knowing that the organization looks at you as you know a, a main building block for the future of this team uh, yeah it feels great i mean like i i want to help them help them out with this rebuild and uh hopefully win a whl championship someday down the down the line so uh i think it's great that they they put a lot of trust in me and uh, that work, I'm a main uh, building block for this team, and uh, yeah, it just feels great. You mentioned that you've been working out a lot uh, this uh, off season so far. What sorts of things you really wanted to work on over the course of the summer leading up to uh, training camp, and uh, you know, most likely that full time jump to the Western League next year? Just, just my like uh, my agility and like my quickness. Like I've been working on a lot of uh, a lot of little things, like to try and get faster and quicker. Uh, with my starts and all that, and uh, just working on just working on getting my legs bigger, stronger, faster, um, and yeah, and mostly just upper body have that have the upper body strength that you're playing against twenty up to twenty year olds, right? So you they're a lot stronger than you. You just want to keep up with them, but yeah, just just those little things I've been working on, just trying to keep up, um, trying to keep my strength up, so trying to stay in shape. But it's been good. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. On the telephone right now with a former Swift Current Bronco captain, and dare I say that if anyone ever did a Mount Rushmore of Swift Current Bronco all-time greats, this guy would probably be on it. 310 games as a member of the Broncos, 313 points within those regular season's games. Uh, We're on the phone now with the captain, Glenn Godden. Glenn, how's things, man? Uh, Doing pretty well, thanks. Uh, Obviously, it's a little bit of an unfortunate time, but trying to make the most out of it and um, having some fun at home. Yeah, so so you're home now. You're back in uh, in the lower mainland there in BC. Yeah, yeah, Richmond. How did uh, so? How does that all work for a professional hockey player? You were in Stockton, and I imagine you know you were you were enjoying your second year of professional hockey, and then when everything happened, uh, how did that work for you? Uh, it was a pretty crazy time. Um, uh, we were in Stockton for probably seven days. Uh, before we were allowed to to get out of there and go home, uh, we were kind of waiting on word from the league and um, I guess the country too. Like we were we were following orders from from everyone, and that uh, first off, we weren't allowed to go home. And then later, um, after a couple decisions through uh, multiple people, they said that uh, we could go home and um, get home. Obviously, before everything kind of started to to fully lock down. So you've been in you've been in quarantine since then, eh? Like following the rules and uh, and living a life in isolation. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like I said, I had probably six seven days in Stockton of not doing much, and then I think today is day sixteen of being home and self isolation. So, uh, what kind of stuff are you doing to pass the time? Uh, I'm trying to do a couple of things around the house and tidy it up. Obviously, there's 
always something to do around here, but uh, just kind of take it easy. Um, try to do a couple workouts here and there to, to stay active and, and to do something that way. And um, that's about it. Not a whole lot. Try to cook here and there and um, catching up on some good movies. Gods, we, we got a lot to talk about from your time as a member of the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, you know, 300-plus games with the organization, five years, two years of those uh, as the team captain. You know, going back to, to when it all started, the uh, the WHL Bantam Draft, you were picked fifth overall. You know, what, what do you remember about that day, about uh, your first day joining the Swift Current Bronco family officially? Uh, I remember getting up and, and kind of getting going right to the draft. We had it set up on a computer, and it was uh, early in the morning. I think it was probably 7, 7.30, and uh, I was watching it live with uh, my dad and my sister, and I think it might have even been delayed uh, a minute or two because my, my coach at the time was at the draft. He was a scout for uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds, and he shot me a text. And as soon as my phone kind of buzzed, I looked down, and I saw what it said, and I looked up, and... Uh, Jamie Porter said my name, so I got a little bit of a um, an update before the feed, but uh, it was a pretty exciting day, and uh, kind of looking back now, I, uh, I'm happy that uh, I got picked there, and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. Yeah, what, what do you remember about the process leading up to it? Like, a lot of conversations uh, with Ports, like, did, did you figure that the Swift Current Broncos were going to be the destination heading into it? I had a pretty good idea, yeah. Uh, I talked with uh, Ports quite a bit, and uh, Mark Lamb also gave me a call. Um, and I talked to him for probably a good 45 minutes over the phone, and uh, we had a good, I had a good feel with them. And I think they told me uh, if I was, or if I was still open at, at five, they were going to take me. So, uh, like I said, watching the drafts, I had a good feeling, and um, my coach gave me a text that I knew before they they picked it, but uh, I had a pretty good feeling going into it because uh, what they told me. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, at, at the time, I mean, you're you're a highly touted bantam prospect. Uh, I, I recall a, a lot of chatter at the time that you were going to go somewhere, likely in the top ten. Do you recall like the discussions with the families and everything, and uh, the things that kind of edged you towards uh, the major junior route? Yeah, it wasn't uh, a hard decision. I think for me at the time, I never really considered going to to college. Uh, I felt that the WHL was more my kind of game and, and my style. That it was a better fit. And um, I mean, I ended up being a top five pick, and I thought that during throughout that season, I was probably going to be a first round pick. So I was having a, a pretty good season, and I was talking to teams and. Uh, obviously, it's something I never had to go through, and you talk to pretty much every team, so you kind of got to um, do your due, due diligence uh, on that side of it. Obviously, you can't have too much too much say, but uh, obviously, people do say no to going places and whatnot. And um, I did say no to a couple teams, but I said said yes to Swift Current, and uh, I'm happy I did. It kind of I think worked out for the best, and uh, couldn't have played out any any better. Well, yeah, working out for the best, that's uh, that's an understatement. We'll get to that in just a bit here. But, uh, you know, what was it about, about the Broncos organization at the time that was so attractive to you guys? Uh, I think it was just even this, this small town um, that kind of uh, interested me and, and something I'd never uh, had the chance to do. Uh, I'm from a bigger city in Vancouver, and uh, I thought it'd be pretty cool. Uh, I had family that were, were from the prairies, and, and my dad, uh, on my dad's side and uh it just seemed right uh, i don't know really know what it was i just know that 
I remember thinking back that when I got off the phone with with, with Mark Lamb, that um, I kind of felt like it was uh, the place I was going to be. Yeah, and uh, as a 15-year-old, you got in a couple games with the Broncos. What do you remember about uh, your first Western Hockey League game at age 15? Uh, actually, that's a little bit of a crazy one. Uh, I knew that they were going on their uh, British Columbia uh, swing. Um, my, I guess it was my, I was 15, uh, so the year um, that I was still in midget, and, uh, and I had a feeling that I was going to be with the team or playing one of those games because it's kind of what uh, the way it goes with with prospects when they're coming through their their hometown. But I was actually in, <clears throat> I was in. I think social studies class or something. And, uh, Jamie Porter called me and I, I kind of looked down at my phone quick and, and it's always him. So I, I left the class. I don't even think I said anything. I think I just left. And, uh, he, he called me and said that they had a couple injuries in Kamloops the night before and they were playing in Kelowna that night and how fast I could get to Kelowna sort of thing. So they actually flew me down to Kelowna. I had like an hour and a half to go get my stuff and, and get to the airport. And, um, Tim Mills and uh, a few of the other scouts come, came and picked me up in, in Kelowna and, and drove me to my first game. That's unreal. Uh, it, no points in those two games, but did, did you see a lot of ice? What do you What do you remember about the the games themselves? Uh, I remember watching most of them. <laughs> I think in total of the two games, I had probably I don't know four or five shifts. I didn't play a whole lot, but uh, it's pretty cool just to be out there and I mean at the time experience something that was a dream and playing in the Coliseum in Vancouver was always something I wanted to do and uh, no I was just excited and um, happy that I got that opportunity well and you got plenty of opportunity the next year uh, you played two games as a 15 year old then made the club as a 16 year old played 66 of 72 games and, and got 10 goals in the process what do you remember about that uh, that 13-14 team and you know who are who are some of the guys that kind of helped you through that rookie year um, there's a few. Honestly, we had a great team and a lot of guys on that team that ended up being there for, I guess, the next year and a little bit after that too. So I had a good relationship with them. But, um, looking back, I remember I was close with, um, I mean, we had a good rookie group. It was, I had a roommate in Jordan Harris and DeBrusque and, um, Bryson Martin and all those kind of young guys. And, um, we had Colby Cave as a captain who was great and even to me as a 16 year old uh, I learned a lot from him and um, he kind of took me under his wing a bit uh, for the two years that uh, I was there with him and um, all in all I think we just kind of we were a good group and, and, and a close group and I, every team I've been on in Swift Current was kind of the same thing so uh, from day one it was uh, it was an awesome time yeah, and I know that uh, the relationship with your Billet family, the Cashin family, we went in and kind of did a, an MTV Cribs episode with uh, <laughs> with you and Richard and Aaron and the kids. Uh, are you still in touch with uh, with uh, with that crew? Yeah, we uh, we keep in touch quite a bit. Um, they're awesome. They're like a, a second family to me, and um, they were nothing but great <laughs> while I was there. I don't know what else I can say about them. They they took me in as one of their own and. Uh, I think that's a relationship that'll uh, that'll keep forever. Were you part of the the breakfast at Smitty's crew, or or was that before you? What what, what were some of the things that you guys did off the ice to pass the time? Uh, I wasn't a breakfast there, but I knew we we went quite a bit for their wing Wednesdays. We uh, we liked their wing Wednesdays, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you got to find certain things in Swift that you can do uh, as a team, and uh, I think we did a pretty good job of that. We always were doing something and finding stuff like that that, uh, I mean, everyone could meet up with and, and, and team activities, stuff kind of like that. A uh, An eventual draft pick of the uh, St. Louis Blues. You've been part of the Calgary Flames organization for the past few years, but uh, what do you remember about hearing your name called at the uh, NHL entry draft and going to St. Louis? Uh, just exciting. I remember I, I didn't go to the draft. I was at home, and I just remember watching it with, with my family and some friends, and uh, I was uh, pretty surreal. I, I was watching it, and then I was in the later round, so that uh, I was just kind of on the panel on the bottom of the on the TV and uh, I was kind of I don't know I felt like I was waiting a while and then my agent called me and I saw it on the ticker and it was obviously a dream come true and, and something that uh, I worked pretty hard for so I think that's a, a moment I'll always remember as well. You know there were a couple of years that uh, I know were a bit of a battle for you where you ran into some injury problems you missed 19 games in 15-16 and then 20 games and in that 16-17 year you know what uh, it was a time of perseverance for you and uh, you know what do you remember about those years and, and still battling through and making an impact with the team? Yeah, those were pretty tough years. Um, the two years after being drafted, like you said, I, I had a little bit of injury problems, and uh, to be honest, it sucked. It was it was awful. I was, I mean, I wasn't playing, and that was the biggest thing. I mean, uh, I was in Swift Current, a uh, place that I'm supposed to be to just to play hockey, and I can't even do that. So uh, it was tough, and even the the second year. Uh, that I got hurt. Um, it was the first game, first shift as, as being the captain. And um, we're looking back, obviously that's not how I wanted it to, to play out, but um, being hurt, I just wanted to do whatever I could to to get back as soon as possible and then and not miss a beat. So I think with both injuries, I was on the ice pretty quick and then trying to keep my cardio up. So when I came back, that uh, it looked like I didn't miss this much well you certainly roared back in that uh, in that 2016-17 year uh, after missing 20 games and uh, you know that that was a special year the Swift Current Broncos won their first playoff series in a long time that that seven game series with Moose Jaw it was actually this day in history in in 2017 that uh, that you guys took that game seven you had a goal uh, you know what do you remember about about that team and uh, and the guys in the room uh, I think that that team was pretty special as well. I think we, we kind of let one slip there against Regina in the second round. I know everyone probably remembers we were up 3-1 and we ended up losing that, that series to them. And um, No, that, that one still uh, bugs me a bit. I think we had a good enough team to um, I mean, make it to the finals and, and who knows what can happen in the finals. So, um, no, that, that one stings a bit. And uh, obviously, I think that was the year we lost Ryan Graham too. So he was a, a big part of our team that uh, definitely would have helped us in the playoffs. Yeah, you that first round series with Moose Jaw, though, you know, game seven, uh, you had a goal in that 3 2 win. Uh, Paperni was unreal in that. Uh, you know, what the fandom, the fandom just reached a whole other level too. I mean, what, what was it like being a player during during that? Yeah, that kind of make, made it all worthwhile. I mean, uh, playoff time uh, in Swift Current was always such a big deal. And um, I think it was my 15-year-old year, I got called up for the playoffs when they were playing Calgary and just the atmosphere back then uh, that I got to see, I was pretty impressed and kind of made me want to want to be out there in, in a situation like this in the playoffs with a, with a sold-out uh, arena all the time. And I think that that first year when we went to the playoffs against Moose Jaw, that's what kind of started 
um, I guess you can say this fandom that uh, that we had definitely in that, that final year when we won. Yeah, and, and going into that final year, starting at the beginning of the year, I, I think it was Phil Andrews who was the play-by-play guy for the Pats. Early in the season, he called you and Tyler Steenbergen and Alexi Heponiemi the best line in the CHL, and that just seemed to, to stick for a while. You know, you guys certainly found some chemistry early in the early in the year that year, eh? Yeah, we uh, we played together quite a bit the, the year before, so we had a little bit of chemistry together. And, um Going into that year, I think we both we felt that we let one slip away um, in the playoffs against Regina, so we we had that chip on our shoulder coming back, and I think just right out of the gates we had that chemistry, and, and it just kept going and going and going, and then luckily we uh, we managed to have that the whole year, and I mean it was uh, it was pretty special looking back. Yeah, and uh, you know what a year that was. Uh, there was that line of yourself and, and Steiner and Heppo, and then the moves that the organization started making. You know, what do you remember about the day that uh, that Beck Malenstein and Matteo Gennaro joined the Bronco room? Uh, I remember hearing. I think Manny was the one that that told me uh, that he just made that move, and and I was excited. Um, I knew what kind of players they were and what they would bring to the team, and. Uh, I was excited I, as a 20 year old and the leader of the team it, I wanted to win I knew Manny wanted to win and uh, I had a lot of guys in that room too if they didn't want to win I don't think they would have been there too long and, and he made those moves so um, no it was exciting and I knew that probably was he wasn't done there but um, I mean those were two big trades uh, especially early in the year um, we made them pretty early from what I remember yeah, and of course, I want to talk to you about the other deals that were made and something I've been meaning to ask you for, for a couple of years. Uh, you know, the trade deadline happens. We already, you talked about bringing in Gennaro and Malenstein, and then all of a sudden there's that deal where Giorgio Estefan becomes, you know, part of the team. And Beck wore an A in Calgary, and Josh Anderson, he was part of the Prince George leadership group. He comes in, and you were the captain of captains on that team. Like, there was a lot of leadership. What was it like having that role? with that group of guys um to be honest it was easy um they're all leaders and, and like you said so um we didn't have to worry about them too much and uh we had a pretty good dressing room too not only them we had a lot of other guys even young guys that were pretty uh mature and um they didn't need a whole lot of nothing from from me really um to be a captain i think everyone kind of had the same goal and uh, were bought in because if they weren't, they they weren't going to be there. So um, it made my job easier. I mean, everyone was pretty vocal in the room and, and on the ice. Uh, there wasn't always just one guy. There was two or three guys talking or or whatnot. So uh, it was pretty easy, and I got pretty lucky. Uh, out of guys on that team, and I imagine you're probably in contact with uh, with a lot of them, given we all have some extra free time on our hands. You know, do, do some name dropping. Who's uh, who are some of the guys that you're still in regular contact with? Uh, quite a few of them, honestly, because we, I mean, a lot of them have moved out of the American League as well. That I see them. Uh, obviously, Tyler Steenbergen's in uh, Tucson with, with Gennaro, and uh, I see them quite a bit. I was actually have been playing some video games with uh, Skinner lately, and um, that's a guy that I see quite a bit being in Bakersfield. And um, I talked to Cole Gable. Um, he was a good guy on that team and kind of joked around calling him the, the glue guy of the team. And uh, he's still that guy that um, he was back then. So 
I could keep going forever and in, in previous years too I think I still talk to guys from all five of the teams that I was on in Swift Current yeah playing your uh playing your first pro game against Steiner what was that like uh it was weird uh it was the first time I'd ever lined up against him and um yeah that was about it uh a lot of jokes but uh no it was pretty cool we didn't really get too many shifts against each other but uh I remember just look. It was it was weird looking uh, against them on the other side. May thirteenth, twenty eighteen, game six, Everett in town. Uh, that must have just been an electrifying thing to be a part of. You know, the opportunity to win a championship on home ice, eh? Yeah, that's uh, something you can only dream of, and, and it happened. That uh, I think I said it multiple times uh, after we won that I it couldn't have played out any better and. Being on the on home ice and in my last game at the Iplex, it's uh, pretty surreal. The uh, the game leading up to it, where uh, I think the Broncos were down with a minute left and maybe even shorthanded, and and you tied the game, which forced overtime and an eventual win. You know what? What do you remember about that shift and you literally diving for the puck and batting it over Carter Hart's shoulder? Because that goal was huge. Yeah, I remember just we were shorthanded, and I think it was. 2-1 at the time and uh, late in the third and, and we had a, a little break, a 2-on-2 two two shorthanded and uh, I was penalty killing with Beck who I, I think I've been penalty killing with since he got there that uh, we had a little bit of chemistry together and he was such a good skater that I kind of let him just kind of get in front of me I, I thought he was going to try to beat the guys wide really because he's got that kind of speed and he dropped it to me and I took a shot quick and it kind of I didn't get all of it that it came out with a nice rebound and Luckily, I was a right-handed guy that it came up to my side, and I just tried to dive and get some good weight on it, and luckily it it went over his shoulder and in. You know, when you ask about uh, some of the best memories of players' careers, you know, a lot of time players will say, oh, I don't really remember that. It just went crazy, and we blacked out. You know, do you remember the the WHL commissioner handing you the trophy and the, the cup pump here on home ice? Yeah, I think that's something I'll remember forever. Uh, it was something I've been fortunate enough in today's day and age that uh, I've seen the videos quite a few times. And um, regardless, I would uh, remember that for sure. And uh, just the, the even how loud the, the Iplex got when he handed it to me is something that uh, I don't think I'll forget. Yeah, and you know what's life been since then? I mean, obviously you're you're a part of the Calgary Flames organization. You were an AHL All Star this year. You know how's uh, how was your season in Stockton before it was abruptly ended? It was a good season. Um, we we had a pretty good season. We I think we finished. I think we were third. Uh, it was a pretty good uh, run for us. Our, our whole kind of conference ended up being pretty pretty close race. Um, the last few games that we played and um, it's sad that the the season got cut short because we were having such a good season you never know what what could have happened but uh, all in all no it's it's been good and um, I guess looking forward to finishing this one or next year if that's the case yeah so what kind of conversations have you had with the uh, with the Calgary Flames organization and uh, and your role in things um well to be honest we we've been haven't been talking too much as of late um obviously this situation uh kind of takes priority but uh throughout the season just kind of keeping keeping an eye on me and and obviously um we we hear good things but the player development guy for calgary is uh 
um, now their assistant coach for, for the Flames after everything that happened with Bill Peters this season. So um, uh, for the, probably the last three months, we haven't had our, our player development guy. So um, time will tell, I guess. Uh, my contract's up this year, so uh, they still hold my rights. Hopefully I re-sign back with them. Right on. Well, it was absolutely awesome chatting with you, Gods. Uh, we've been meaning to get a hold of you for uh, for the Broncos This Week podcast, and, uh, you know, it's awesome that uh, that you made time for us. Uh, anyone in Swifty that uh, that you want to send a shout-out to? Uh, send one out to Zach McKay, uh, an old uh, Swift Crown Broncos alumni, my friend, and uh, my billets, uh, Aaron Reed, uh, Richard, and Bryn. Uh, I say hello. Right on. I'm sure they'll certainly appreciate hearing that. And uh, what, what is it about Macker? Everyone we talk to, all the alums are always giving shout-outs to Macker. Must have been a good guy in the room, eh? Yeah, he was a great guy. And um, obviously a hometown kid that, that played for him and, and the only one. So I think he he um, wore the Broncos uh, sweater with with, uh, with pride. And, and it showed that uh, just the kind of guy he is and around the city that everyone's kind of got the same feel for him. Amen to that. Well, Gods, thanks so much again for uh, for taking time out to chat here today. Yeah, anytime. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Uh, Big thanks to our featured guests this week, Glenn Godden, joining us from uh, his home in Richmond, B.C., and uh, brief glances into the future with Matt Ward and Josh Davies. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing them full-time Broncos, um, you know, next season. uh, They got a couple of games in, uh, Ward 01 game in his hometown of Kamloops, and Josh had a couple of games. Uh, one on the road, a couple, uh, I guess two on the road and one here, but uh, you know, really looking forward to seeing what those guys can do uh, after great seasons with their midget programs and uh, looking forward to having them make that full-time jump to the Western League. Yeah, of course, uh, Warden Davies selected last year in the WHL Bantam Draft and uh, the 2020 edition of the WHL Bantam Draft, that's going to be here before you know it too. Yeah, six days away at time of recording next Wednesday, uh, April 22nd. Uh, Broncos with 10 picks in the first five Ooh. rounds, which is uh, pretty exciting. Obviously, the one, one first, two seconds, one third, four fourths, and two fifths. I think is what the breakdown is. So, uh, should be exciting. Uh, great, uh, you know, day for for a franchise that's trying to you know restock the cupboard, so to speak. So to have that many picks in uh, you know the first five rounds is pretty exciting. And looking forward to seeing uh, which prospects will join uh, join the program. We'll throw a plug in for the work that you've been doing on scbroncos.com with the uh, draft previews. Some some interesting history with this team in the Bantam draft. Insofar as like a lot of the great players in Bronco history. I mean, there have been some great first-rounders, but some mid-round gems have been unearthed over the years, too. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jake DeBrusque one in the seventh round was kind of one that yeah. sticks out for sure, and then just the other day, I saw that Max Lejoie was a 95th overall pick or whatever it was, and he turned out to be a pretty great player. So, uh, it's those those kind of middle to, to late-round picks, which can really make or break a draft class for you, and uh, Broncos with uh, a plethora of picks in both the early and uh, mid rounds. That uh, should be an exciting time, and we'll see if they can uh, uncover some uh, some gems. Yeah, one of the greatest players in franchise history too, Adam Lowry. I think a third round pick once upon a time, third or second round. So the Bantam Draft happening next week, and we'll chat uh, a lot more about that on the Broncos This Week podcast uh, next week's edition. In the meantime, if you want some draft content, uh, do visit scbroncos.com and uh, check out the stuff that Craig Boschman has written there. All right, that'll do it for another. Another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast uh, as we remember former captain and two-time MVP Colby Cave. And uh, we'll end the podcast with 10 seconds of silence for number 10. Thank you for joining us this week.
You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.